It's 48, so it's you. Okay. <sighs> we ready? Which is good, because I don't know how to start the <laughs> Oh, my God, the last episode. It's so hard. <laughs> Why is it so I hard? I cut out probably, like, five minutes of us just fucking laughing. And there's still a lot in there. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> Let's do this thing. All right. Hello, and welcome to Sh- We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Saylat. And this is Kalina. And welcome back to our podcast where we read and discuss paranormal romance novels. Yay! And, oh, that was slick. Yeah. We've never done that before. We're usually really bad at introing yeah. ourselves. <laughs> you know, two and a half years. <laughs> oh, wait, no, it's not that long. One and three quarters years. Yeah. Almost two. Almost yeah, almost two. two. Almost two. Episode 48. But... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, quickie. Quickie. I forgot. Sorry. You literally was like, I just oh, remember. I remember. I remember. <laughs> and then we talked for like 12 hours and then I forgot. Okay. It was hard getting set up. Today is, is rough. Okay. You have to leave the country and never come back. Where would you go? Ooh. Oh, shit. I've only been to a handful of countries. I can't no. tell you. Well, you one. don't have to go somewhere you've been. Yeah, but I don't know if I like it. <laughs> okay. You know? What if it didn't have to be real? Oh. <gasps> Use your imagination. I would go to Hogwarts. Of course you would go to Hogwarts. <laughs> I would go nowhere else. I would live in Hogsmeade. <laughs> or I would live in Hogwarts. I mean, maybe I'll help Hagrid out in the yard. <laughs> or Filch. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, lo- you love doing yard work so oh, yeah, much I that you'd be really good so much. with grounds. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just play with the, the animals all day. Okay. How about you? In reality, I would. I would you get reality. That's just more normal. <laughs> that I would choose to escape to reality. That's you would true. escape to Hogwarts. Very true. <laughs> um, I would go to. I like to run away to the mountains and never come back. Which mountains? Not, I don't know. Not here. Not the Rockies. Yeah. Or just ha- some hidden ones. I don't know. Someone where <laughs> no one will find me. And I can live in a cool cabin yeah. in the mountains oh, yeah. near some a hot spring and a river. <laughs> this isn't a real place either, I guess. I just left reality, too. <laughs> that works. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. I think out of Until all... Until it got boring and then I'd oh, be annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> Then you'd be like, damn it, no, it's been two days and I'm bored. I think if there were to be any place that I have visited, if it had to be, Mm -hmm. it would be Costa Rica. Yeah. God, I fucking love that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I would. You'd go back there. I'd go back there. I want to say Cambodia, but it's just way too hot. It's yeah. so hot there. And I can't I get, yeah, handle that. Understandable. Yeah. Like, if I had unlimited sources and everything, I'd probably do London. I love London. Obviously, you can't just live in London. Sure. That's nonsense. That right. place is expensive as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it would be of a European place for me, too, but mm-hmm. I haven't been there yet. Yeah. So I can't say. It's great. I like, I like Europe a lot. You yeah. don't need a car and a lot of it, so. I know, that's so You cool. just get away. Mm-hmm. So fun. Okay, well, that's fun. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, I started my first day of school today. <gasps> Yay! Yeah. So, actually started it on Saturday. <laughs> like, today's the first official day, official first day. 
but I was able to log into the classes and get a feel of how online goes and stuff. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I am completely lost. I don't know what I'm doing. That's but, it's day one. You don't have yeah. to yet. You get to figure <laughs> so, it out. <laughs> take yeah. a couple weeks. Well, take a week. Yeah. It's not a very long course. <laughs> don't take a it's couple. Not. <laughs> it's only eight weeks. So I can't fuck so, this up. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, you can. No, you're right. I could. No, but I mean, it's not the end of the world, even if you do. <laughs> like that. Don't put that pressure on yourself. <laughs> The world was actually going to end for a whole no, host of other fucking no. reasons that have nothing to do with you and your schooling. <laughs> Sorry. True. It won't be my fault. No, it's not. <laughs> it will be somebody's. It's not yours. Uh, so, okay. That's fun. Yeah. That's good. How about you? Uh, moving stupid. Yeah, moving's yeah. dumb. Moving sucks. Trying to still get that done. We're supposed to get snow, our first snow of the season. Yay! In like three days. And I'm like, I just set a whole bunch of shit in the yard because I'm like, I don't know what to do with you. So I just put things outside. Nice. Because it's been 80. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I can't leave anything outside. Yeah. I gotta get it all back in the house. Yep. And then Patrick (laughs) is moving in this weekend. So then I have to get it back in the house, but also put it away somehow. (laughs) So there's still space. And I'm not like, um,. Sorry. Sorry. You can live on the porch. That's the room <laughs> I have. So. <laughs> no, it's really, it's, you know, it's hard. Moving sucks. Moving but I really suck. love my house. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's been really nice not having neighbors that live on top of you or next For to you. Sure. Or walking, you know, just through other people's mm-hmm. problems all the time at a apartment complex or a condo oh, yeah. complex. So I'm happy. Good. Yay. Glad to hear it. All right. All right. So uh, this week we read My Wolf and Me by India R. Adams. Guys, this one's going to be feelers all the way. There's a lot of emotions happening in this book. A lot of <laughs> a lot of um, pretty intense Holy happenings. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Guys. We've had this it's one on our book. On book. our. Um, yeah, for sure. For, for one, this is our first YA. Yes. Um. I'd call it YA slash new, yeah. new adult. Yeah, yeah. Young adult slash new adult. Yeah, we can, yeah, we can put it that um, way. Uh, it's a book that we've had on our list for a while, but we're, <laughs> um, we're actually excited to, uh, to jump into, I guess, yeah, a YA new, young adult. What it's just say? fun reading new something adult? different. New no, adult. New adult. It's kind of the additional genre that was created for slightly older teens. Okay. Like it's not full blown teens. Right. You know, they're kind of verging on adulthood. Yeah. And I, I think that we could classify this as, yes, I should, we'll just, clits notes, we'll start right here. So we have <laughs> young Marlena, and she is six, and she likes to play in the woods, and she has a great, fantastic imagination where she lives in this chocolate castle that's, you know, a bunch of boulders. And uh, one day she's walking to her castle, and she meets two wolves on the path, and they come with her. At this age of six, isn't quite 100% sure what is reality and what is her own (laughs) imagination. So she just incorporates them naturally into her imaginative story of the chocolate castle and they become her castle guards. And that's really cute. I like that idea that you're like, young kids kind of blur that line of reality and fantasy. And so they keep coming back. She meets them every day. And after a while, they don't come one day. They come back like a week later and they have a pup. So Mama Wolf gave birth. And so now there's she has a new friend, uh, the little uh, baby wolf who's hanging around. Um, and then big, sad, unfortunate incident happens where the father wolf is killed. 
And the mother wolf takes Marlena and the pup Romy, she names him Romy, to a cave and stashes them there. And she says, you know, well, she doesn't say she does talk. She's a wolf. <laughs> She's a wolf. <laughs> uh, but she implies with her eyes, you need to stay here and wait. Um, naturally, she comes back dying. At the very end, right before she passes, she turns into a human and tells Marlena that she needs to take care of Romy um, and then all this other information that she's going to need because he's going to need her when he gets older. And so she turns back into a wolf and dies and uh, Marlena's family comes and finds her and first they're freaked out because there's a wolf standing over her because at this point he's, you know, they grow pretty big, like he's quickly, so bigger. he's a little bit bigger. He's not a tiny little wolf cub. He yeah. is a kind of like medium-sized <laughs> wolf. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He's a teen. I don't know what he is. He's a toddler wolf We've or got something. It. We understand what you're saying. <laughs> so, her dad and mom don't want him to come home with her because <laughs> he's a wolf. <laughs> but anyway, naturally, everyone cries and, and she keeps sneaking out of the house to sleep with him like on the porch until they finally relent and he becomes part of the family. So the two of them grow up and over time, she has to go off to school and she's really nervous about that because they live in a pretty rural community where her parents just live out on the edge of the forest by themselves. So she doesn't know other kids. She doesn't play with other kids. That's why she lives in this imaginative world of her own creation. And so she gets she has to go off to uh, school. She makes some friends, Jimmy and uh, Trevor, and they are friends all through from kindergarten on. They're a year ahead of her. But she rides the bus with them. And as she grows and, you know, so does the wolf. And he becomes a really giant big wolf. Yeah. Um, but he keeps living with the family. And everyone's like, this is the strangest wolf. Because he <laughs> just, like, comes and goes. And they let him outside. He goes off and hunts and feeds himself. But then he comes back and sleeps, you know, in her room every night in her bed. Um, as time passes, she, you know, realizes she's in love with Trevor. Or she has a crush on Trevor. Mm-hmm. And they date for a while, and it's not quite – it's not right. They just – it's not It's not there. There's something wrong there. There's something not quite there. And, of course, Romy is not happy <laughs> about this and doesn't let Trevor get anywhere with, with Marlena. And yeah. that kind of upsets Trevor, and so they break up. Trevor starts dating other girls. Marlena just is fine. She's like, ah, it doesn't really matter to me. And she's, you know, got Romy. And then one night, Romy gets sick, and she's starting to remember – she forgot what Mother Wolf had told her, but now she's starting to remember it, and she thinks that maybe he's transitioning and he's gonna he's gonna turn into a human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so all of a sudden, this wolf that she had convinced herself was just a wolf, yeah, is now like, oh shit, he might be a human or something. So naturally, he does. He he becomes human. His name is Sebastian. And they, you know, start learning, going through that process of learning, like, he's got to kind of learn how to be human. He's been watching her study these all these years, and she's been, like, teaching him all her lessons. So he's pretty, you know, educated. Yeah, he knows how to read, and he knows how to, like, <laughs> look on the computer and yeah. search for things. Yeah, he's really good he's, at Google. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's you know, awesome. he picked it all up over the years. But... Then along the lines of that, they also start to fall in love Yeah, because they've really been soulmates to each other since, you know, he was born and she was six. So things progress there. And eventually Trevor and Hound or uh, Trevor and Jimmy find out about him because things were getting a little weird. And there was this Sebastian kid all of a sudden who showed up at school and no one could understand it. And they didn't really (laughs) like him hanging around Marlena Mm -hmm. because they didn't know where he came from or, you know, any of this. But she was obviously in love with him. And so they figure it out and they kind of help her 
realize that he can't live in both worlds. Yeah. People can't know him as Sebastian because eventually it's going to blow up. Yeah. It's a big lie that's going to blow up. Yes. And people will probably try to take him and experiment on him. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what humans do that's to things they don't understand. They do. <laughs> so naturally by the end, she and Romy, our Sebastian, have been kidnapped. Her mom's been killed. Her dad gets kidnapped as well. There's this like big pseudo-military experimental outfit that's got a bunch of wolves in cages and is experimenting on them. And this head guy's a real asshole. And he tries to turn Marlena by one of the bad wolves. And ugh, it's a whole thing. <laughs> but anyway, they all die. And the good wolves become free. And Marlena becomes a wolf. And we find out that Sebastian is the descendant of the leader of the wolves. So they find him and they're so happy and they take him back to hit their wolf land and they have their leader again. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They were living in Canada at this point. I don't know. Wolflandia. Obviously. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's the, you know, the story in a nutshell. And also, spoiler alert, I just told you everything. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. So. I mean, aside from the details of all of the different emotions in this book. Oh, I couldn't even tell you that. No, 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 no. No, if you guys want to... Feel these emotions for yourself. Read the oh, book. You gotta read this book. It's amazing how how someone's writing can really affect you as the reader. India has put so much into this book with all of the relationships that she has built within these characters. So the relationship between Marlena and Trevor and Jimmy, that's a beautiful thing. Between Romy and Marlena, even between Sebastian and Marlena, because they they're the same, but they're two different she almost writes them. She writes them separately almost. Well, Sebastian's a human and Romy's a wolf. And, and yeah. he does behave differently in those mm-hmm. different roles. Yep. And she's got this wonderful, wonderful relationship with both of her parents. Oh, God. Yeah. That, that she writes about. And we are a podcast of spoilers. So oh, <laughs> naturally, that's a heartache in the end for um, for her and her parents and stuff. But geez. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's, this is, uh, so this is going to be an emotional episode, I think. Which is good because we haven't really had one like this. Um, there's lots of good topics in here that we can talk about that we want to address and just let you guys know there um, might possibly be some ugly crying that happens, you know? <laughs> it was when I was reading the book. Yeah, for sure. I don't see how I can hold it together while talking about it. <laughs> there were a lot of funny parts in this book, too. Oh, sure. I, I bookmarked a lot of it where I was just like, yeah, that's fucking hilarious. It's mm-hmm. just I really, really enjoyed it. I love the relationship. I think my favorite relationship is the relationship that she has with Trevor and Jimmy. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's That my is favorite. the best friendship. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good. And you knew from early on that there was going to be a love interest issue there. Yeah. But even though it doesn't work out the way like Trevor wanted it to, because mm-hmm. he's in love with Marlena. Yeah. He acts like a teenage boy asshole, of yeah. at some points. Because, yeah, you know, that's – what else are you going to do when you're 17 <laughs> uh, <laughs> or 18? But he's really – they both were just such thoroughly good guys. I kept worrying that somehow they were not going to be good guys or, like, they were going to be the problem somehow. Yeah. And they weren't. And I was so happy yeah, that me they too. Because I was like, please, God, don't let these guys I thought that. at least Trevor T – was oh, for going sure. To be when some he, type of antagonist when later they, on. When they broke up, when he was frustrated that he couldn't get farther with her, and they broke up, and he that night went out yep. and got some ass. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Fuck you, dude!" <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you live in that small of oh, a yeah. rural community where everyone knows everybody, and mm-hmm. they're showing up at school the next day, and it's yep. like, "Jerk!" And this is a friend that you've known since 
uh, 10 years at this point. Exactly. 10, like, 11 years. Just really, really, really little when school first started. And I think my favorite character in this whole book is Jimmy. Right. I know. Jimmy's so good. Jimmy is the best. And I think he is kind of the glue that kind of holds it all together because while they both love Marlena a lot, when Trevor was mad, like you just said, he couldn't get further with Marlena, that he went off and like did some other girl or whatever. Jimmy was there to be like, dude, you're an asshole. I got to be here for her. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like he he wasn't truly choosing sides, but he knew which side he needed to be there for at that time. Yeah. So he knew he needed to be there for Marlena and he was there for well, her. And he saw everything so much clearer yes. than anyone else. Yes. Like he intuited that something was going on with mm-hmm. Marlena and Sebastian early. And he knew that all of Trevor's behavior towards the other women was just in an attempt to get yep. Marlena jealous. Yep. He it wasn't real. Which well, sucks. Sorry, girls. Yeah. That sucks. But, you know, mm-hmm. it happens. It's high school. Mm-hmm. High school's stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but he knew it all. And he just, you know, he didn't always tell you, like, he wouldn't tell Marlena outright this is what he's doing. He'd wait and kind of, like, give her hints and, and try to see if she could find, you know. Because yeah. he's not betraying anybody. He's just wanting both friends to be happy and to come through this okay yep. with their friendship intact. Because there was a while there it didn't seem like it would. Yeah, I think there is a, definitely a fear where I was just like, God, it's going to be those two against Marlena and she's going to be all by herself or oh. her, her wolf. Oh. Or There was a point where I thought maybe Jimmy was going to confess his love to her and I'm really glad that he didn't. So, I mean, we don't get that. We don't know at all if Jimmy ever did love her in that way that Trevor did. Mm-hmm. I am actually thinking for, for that a lot because I really love his character just and the- his position in this book between those characters, mm-hmm. between Marlena and Trevor. Well, just, I mean, we kind of mentioned it last episode, but the whole difference of, you know, there's different levels of love. Oh, yeah. And they had just a real, true, pure friendship yep. that was so intense and good, mm-hmm. you know? And I just, uh, it was written really well. <laughs> Everything was. was. This book, oh my God. This is such a different book for us. Yeah. It's so interesting because we have what is essentially the fated mates trope mm-hmm. of like two souls destined for each other. Yeah. That's in 90% of our books. But these two didn't meet as adults and fall in love in 30 seconds. Right. You know, and then have to be like fated mates forever. Yeah. This, like, you got to, like, for once, we got to watch it grow and build and like a true dependent, you know, like co love of, I don't know, whatever. (laughs) I don't have the words for it. It's so, it's so intense. It was a choice that they both could make. While it did seem like they were fated, I think that they could have made different decisions. You know what I mean? Because her parents could have been like, no, this dog, this wolf is not coming inside the house. And they would have had a different relationship, you know? Could they have? Oh, yeah. Their six-year-old was sleeping on a porch. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think he probably would have found his way to her and stuff. But Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that it would have been. I think that he got to share the warmth and her bed oh, and stuff her like that family those were his parents yeah. by the end of yeah. you know by the time we lost them yeah everett and amelia were basically raised him yeah. i mean amelia's last words are i wasn't crazy to think of him to love him like a son right fuck me i know oh, fuck me this book as i was just as, like crying oh as soon as she brought that took that gun out and oh, there were like Jesus other Christ. people in the i was like oh no i need a rest from this because here's the thing about 70 percent of this book is the growing relationship the beginning of this book is the growing relationship between romy slash sebastian 
and Marlena. He calls her Marley. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, a big explosion happens in the end where there's a lot of action happening and a lot of things happen. This is where the antagonist comes in. And this is the point where she loses her mom in a fight because she protects the family. She protects everybody because yep. there are intruders that are coming and they want the wolf. They, and then they just end up capturing everybody. But Amelia gets shot and she dies in the house. And then uh, she says those last words to, to Marley. And then they're captured. Marley, Everett, the dad, and Romy, Sebastian Romy. They are taken to... He's, yeah. Like some encampment or something like that. Like deep, deep in the woods. Caged, yeah. Yeah, they're caged somewhere. And then, you know, that's... Outside with tents and cages. Yeah. And that's where Sebastian starts to... He he starts to learn, not starts to... He learns about where he comes from, from the other wolves that have been captured. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been around his own kind ever. Yeah. Not only... Not his own kind. I don't think even other wolves. <laughs> yeah. You know? So you don't care about other wolves he, at yeah, all. Yeah, they basically wake up in an encampment and there's like 12 plus wolves in cages and there are all shifters. You know, they're yeah. all shifter wolves. And so he starts, you know, one of them's his uncle. Actually, two of them are his uncles. No, one of them is his cousin. One, the good one is his cousin. One of the There's a bad wolf there who's his uncle. Yeah. Turns out his uncle went rogue. Max. got Was mad at... Max was mad at Max's father for picking Max's brother, whose name I've forgotten. Oh, yeah. The grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But he had a really interesting name. It was like... Mat- yeah, I don't know what... <laughs> it was close, that but that's not, not it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Sebastian's father was chosen to be the, the lead wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Maximus killed him. Well, they ran away to hide, you know, to protect the when Sebastian's mom was pregnant with him. They took off to go hide and protect the, the child as it grew, or the pregnancy. And then Max found him and killed him, and that's, that all this happened. So it's all yeah. Max's fault. It's totally all <laughs> Max's fault. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he gets killed, though. He gets eaten by a lot of wolves. Yeah, and good for him. So, yeah, and that's <laughs> it. Good for, yeah, good, good for, for you, Good for dude. you for getting your killed. ass eaten because you, you were a dick. <laughs> Well, the whole, like, story behind the boss, the the human that's leading the whole thing was so crazy. I was going to ask you to explain <laughs> that to me. Okay, so here's what I understand of it. Yeah. Do you remember his name? The boss. Oh, shit. You're right. It was the boss. <laughs> that's all we ever knew. <laughs> so apparently he needed to seek revenge for his son, who is not really his biological son. It is his wife's offspring with another guy who happens to be a wolf or yes. a, a shift a lichen a, mm-hmm. a lichen and so now he's pissed off at all of the lichens because his son is yes ha- has he transformed or ha- no because he's to a transform? child he's just he's, he's like, like 10 he's 10 10 and he has one more year till now because she was human he was born human so romy was born a wolf oh, because mm-hmm. his mom was a wolf shifter and so she gave birth to a wolf shifter who stayed as a wolf for his first 11 years but apparently this lady was a human who had a relation with a, a shifter and got pregnant so her child was human for 11 years and then would eventually shift and start making the change it could go live with the shifters but this guy the boss was really fucking pissed off about this and so he wants <laughs> both revenge because he killed his wife and the, her lover and he <laughs> 
then also started capturing all the wolves he mm-hmm. could find because he's experimenting, trying to find a cure. But yes. his experiments don't seem very cure-based, if you ask me. <laughs> it's definitely trending more along the Mengele lines oh my from God. I was Nazi just Germany. Gonna say that. Like, what happens if we inject acid in right, their blood? Right. Oh, they die? Uh, yeah, it's acid. God. That's not a cure. <laughs> like, I just don't... Like, when you read shit like that about mm-hmm. experiments and oh, yeah. they're trying to justify their behavior, it's really just, this dude got cuckolded and did not handle it right. well. Right. So now everyone got to die. Got to mm-hmm. take them all. So he's an asshole. Uh, he gets eaten. That's cool. And they yeah, get the... Good for the, him. And, and they find the son <laughs> and he gets taken to the, the lichen so he can learn what he is he, when so he makes he the learn. transition. Because yeah. otherwise that'd be terrifying. Well, yeah. You're a freaking 10-year-old wandering through life and all of a sudden at 11 you turn <laughs> you into a wolf turn, and no one told you. You'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> Shit. That's mm. scary. Yeah. So <laughs> That is such a small piece of the book. Oh, for sure. It is not. It, it really is. Like, I think 20%. Yeah. The rest of the book is just this. It's Marley and growing Romy. A coming of age relationship story from yeah. Romy and Marlena. Yeah. Yeah, and you go through all of the different things that teenagers go through. You go through the heartaches, and you go through the loss of virginity. You go through your first Which love. Which we don't believe in losing virginity. It's a social <laughs> construct. <laughs> your first kiss. <laughs> Look, guys, we haven't mentioned that in a while. I like, haven't. Just, I think I brought it up what? like five episodes in a row, and then right. it did come back for a while. You know, so just, just We stopped reading you. those books. <laughs> I was like, listen, look, our next person can't be a virgin. I cannot read it again. (laughs) This one's fine. I'm on board for this. this Because they were both virgins. And that's, you know, a cute, idealistic view of relationships. It's a coming of age. It's a a rite of passage. I mean, Trevor and Jimmy give them condoms. Oh, my God. That was the funniest. That was the funniest scene. There were so many good scenes. Oh, so good. My favorite line in that scene was... (laughs) Shit on the phone and be able to get through it. He said, um. Oh no. He said. (laughs) I don't even know, guys. I can't, I can't, I can't. No, this is kindergarten humor. He goes, I must poop now. Oh, when he gets sick from the beer. I don't know if he gets sick. I don't know if that's before or after. It is, it's before. Okay. And, And then they're like, and this is before they find out that he's roaming. Yes. And so they're like, uh, okay, why don't you just... And he goes outside. He tries to go outside. Instead of going to the bathroom. They're like, where are you going? And then he's like, oh, a bathroom. Another new experience. <laughs> oh, my God. I was dying. It was so good. I was like... Okay, that there, wasn't the part I found funny. No, no, no. That, it's, I, I have two five-year-old boys, like, poop and bathrooms and farting and stuff. It's just, it's funny. And I think it was, it's just the innocence of it is so endearing. And I just loved it. It was so cute. Well, what part were you thinking? The condom talk was hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because Marlena is dying because her two best friends for life and one of them mm-hmm. who she dated is now giving advice to her boyfriend, you know, soulmate, love, whatever, mm-hmm. on the proper use and, and need for protection and how to, you know, have gentle sex for mm-hmm. the first time because they're, they give him the whole speech about how, like, yes. some things are bigger than other things and you need to be careful <laughs> when putting big things in small things for the first time. That was know, good, like, too. Oh, that I was just thought it was so fun. And she's sitting there having a heart attack because that would be so embarrassing to sit through. Oh but I guess better than, like, parents doing it. That'd be worse. Yeah. I but then also very smart because 
they were like, look, he's a fucking wolf. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you get pregnant, you're going to have a wolf baby and you're only 17. And that's crazy. So we got to prevent this from happening. Oh, my God. It was so smart. Smart so smart. Boys. So smart. I love it. I mean, that's one of the endearing qualities of those two is that they love her so much that they're there to protect her. Just like Jimmy said, it was inevitable. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You can't stop it. It's going to happen. They're in love. So let's... They're alone. Mm-hmm. They're going to have sex. People not in love who are alone have sex. (laughs) (laughs) Teenagers and sex happens. I just, I love that. It's so smart to write a scene like that for young readers who are reading this. Oh, it's really fucking good. It's a great message. Maybe I can find it. I probably can't. It's going to be hard. So I won't try to find it. But she, India has all of these really poignant, like after the fact interludes where she talks about just knowing for okay, so I'm actually okay, okay. I've now talked myself into something. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little that you can go either way with this. On the one hand, I really like how Marlena gets to have this experience in such a pure, trusting, and loving environment. Yes. Like it's so right for her, mm-hmm. right? Not for everyone, you know, like that. Not everybody gets to. Not everyone gets like to. That. And India says that she hopes for the world that everyone, that every woman gets to go through something yes. in this way. Because a lot of, you know, young girls are pressured into relationships that maybe move faster than they would mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's so much better to be in a relationship like Marlena is in. Now, you're not usually going to find your one true love at the age of six and <laughs> turn into a wolf at 17 and then spend the rest of eternity with them because you have long lives. What are the statistics for I that? I think they're pretty low. I don't have actual numbers, but I'll get back to you. All right. uh, so I just think that, but it is a good idea. Like it's a, it's a beautiful idea to put into the world that like, it's a lot of pressure for teenagers. Oh, for sure. Like if they read this book and are like, man, that's not what my first is going to be like. Oh, for sure. You know, it's not. It's not going to be like that for many. But if you can kind of get to that place where you have complete trust and openness with your other partner, that would be a really – I think it's just – and that's what she wrote there and it's so beautiful. Because they're really – the sex scenes are not written. Just no. heads up, guys. It is a young A. Yeah. <laughs> it's a OYA, an NA yeah. novel. We don't get sex. Mm-hmm. Because that would be weird and we can't have that. We get nice kisses. Yeah. Great And he runs around naked a lot. He does. You know? Whatever. But she also, she talks about like the scene where Trevor wants to go further with Marlena. Mm -hmm. And there's that lack of consent there. Not Mm -hmm. the lack of the no consent. Mm -hmm. Where she straight up says no. That's a great message to send that Mm -hmm. you could say no anytime Mm -hmm. you want to. At any time. And you should never ever feel pressured to do anything that you don't want to do. That actually brings up my favorite quote of the book. See if I can find that. So, oh, I basically what I have been talking about is the pain. Nice. (laughs) Nice. So, you know, she's have they have a very they have a hundred beautiful conversations. Yeah. And. When she starts to fall in love with him, she's like, I I never held back my affection from Sebastian after that. Neither my heart nor body would allow it. We grew and I learned that love is a simple, wondrous feeling to feed your body and soul. And then here's my favorite quote. If what someone is giving you feels bad, it is not love. Bam. And I think that is something that's really important for young people, teenagers, and even you know, people in their, their 20s Not and 30s. Not just, it could be for, for any age. 80. <laughs> it's 
to learn because you do get shown images of love or like Hollywood versions or TV versions of mm-hmm. love. And then those you know, kind of try to play those out in your real life, especially when you're learning about relationships and getting into your first relationships. Yeah. And you're being told that that's love. But if it doesn't feel like it, yep. if it doesn't feel good, that's not love. Yep. And that yeah. can be hard to vocalize and understand. Absolutely. It's just like what I've said before. It's like you know when you know. And if it doesn't feel good in your heart, if you don't have a good gut feeling about it, mm-hmm. you should always trust your instincts. Your instincts are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that is to detect these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And while I always preach about allowing yourself to fall in love, if it doesn't feel right, then that's not the one for you. That's not what you should try to mm-hmm. experience. Then go out and try to find it somewhere else. You shouldn't always block it. I mean, that is so eloquently written. Mm-hmm. That's such a beautiful quote. I know. Follow those. If you're going to follow anything <laughs> that we have ever said on this, listen to that quote. Because it's just, it's so, it's not worth breaking yourself down for it. Mm-hmm. Love is there to build you up. And if it doesn't feel right, if it's wrong for you, if it hurts you physically, mentally, walk away from it. It's not mm-hmm. good for you. Yeah. It's not love. It's not love. It's not love. And that's, I mean, kind of, you know, it's just kind of at this point juxtaposing what she's feeling with Sebastian to what she had with Trevor. And yeah. She loves Trevor as a friend, but every time they would, like, kiss or he would try to, you know, feel her up or get a little bit further, she just didn't feel that. They, like, that didn't excite her or get her emotions up or her her heartbeat racing the way Sebastian does. So yeah. she knows that this is different. That it's not it's not love. Yeah. It's a different love. It's a platonic love yeah. of a good friend. It's a different plethora of loves that you All were explaining the last time. But I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew I believe in love. I just don't like it. No, it's okay. All of it. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Move on. So uh, I kind of want to talk about the sort of like the under, I don't want to say it's the underlying message, but there's a lot of motherly uh, relationships and love and messages that are happening in this book. I think it would be okay to mention that before we read this book, we did sort of have a little bit of a just spoken social media conversation with Mm -hmm. India about how this is her mom's favorite Mm -hmm. before she passed. So she shared that with us, what I think is really beautiful. And we told her that we would be thinking about her mom while we were reading this book. And I didn't realize how much I would actually be thinking about her mom. When I read this, because I know that she did make dedications and stuff like that. But the relationship that she built between Amelia, the mom, and Marlena was so beautiful. I'm not going to be able to get through this. There's a a line after Amelia gets shot and she talks to, I'm forgetting names now. (laughs) Marlena? Marlena. Um, And Kalina mentioned that. I don't remember that line. But this was, I think, after the fact when she woke up in the encampment. And she was thinking about when her mom. Marlena woke up. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. When Marlena woke up and she was thinking about her mom and um, hoping that somebody was there to take care of her body and things like that. She had an in- internal thought. And she said, a tidal wave of emotions was drowning me as I realized I had not appreciated my mother as I should have. I'd never told her thank you for all of the wonderful, caring things she did for me on a daily basis. And this is how I reacted when I read that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And this is how I'm reacting now. Culturally, for me, I have never once heard my mom tell me she loves me. Not that she doesn't. I know she does. Mm-hmm. It's just not in our culture to say it. I have been forcing myself for the past couple of years to tell my parents that I love them. And so, so much so that it's almost like I have to sort of say it jokingly so that I can allow myself to say it without breaking down. And it's not a joke. Every time I tell them that I love them, I mean it. But I have to say, okay, love you, bye. I have to say it in, in a way like that so that I can actually get it out. 
this part of the book hit me so hard and I, I don't even know how much more I could say no. about it without <laughs> no, <it's okay. laughs> without crying. But I appreciated it. And India, if you're listening, thank you so much for writing such beautiful love between a mom and a daughter. And I want everybody to appreciate what they have. Yes. Um <laughs> so feelers. No, it's so feeling. <laughs> it wasn't it was so intense. So there's that, you know, she has the crushing realization that her life is completely different. Um well the book opens with basically the loss of parents Mm -hmm. and closes with that as well. Both main characters go through that at different stages. But at the end, Marlena realizes when, okay, so I don't know, I I glossed over it, but she does become a wolf. Um, It's called being inherited in this, in this book. uh, When the lichens uh, pick a human to join their pack um, and, and turn them into a, semi-immortal shape-shifting <laughs> being like them. Uh, so uh, Romy had to inherit Marlena in order to... Well, one, he, they, you know, were in love. <laughs> yeah. And this, they were mates. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, it had... like That was the only way to really save her from the plans of the evil boss man. Yeah. Uh, so he did. And she starts to realize afterwards, you know, how powerful she is. Because she, she went through a lot at the camp when she first wakes up. She's alone uh she doesn't know where her father is Mm -hmm. she doesn't know if he's alive because she got knocked out right after her mom died Uh, she knows her mom is dead and she thinks she's gonna lose Romy too and she's locked in a cage and they won't feed her because they think she's a wolf and they won't give her warmth you know she's so she's dying in a cage and she's not putting up any kind of a fight really but then afterwards she starts to realize that she has this strength and a softness too because she cares so much for as as things progress and she moves through the camp and she gets to like reach out to the other wolves and and she loves them all and she realizes what gentle and amazing souls they all are you know she she learned it from Romy but that's what they all are and she starts to see how she had been molded by her mother to be because her mom you know See, let's write this a beautiful love story here, but they aren't in the book very much. No. Everett's in it a bit more. Her father's in it a little bit more than her mom is. Um, but Amelia's not in the book a ton. But where she is, it's very impactful. And it's the quiet, steadfast, you know, she's a homemaker. She's there cleaning the house and cooking and, you know, being there for her daughter and her husband, she knows how to defend the helm. She has, you know, the ability. She takes out at least one of those evil think, guys yeah, that yeah. busts in mm-hmm. the door with the shotgun. And, you know, she's <laughs> she's stubborn about the wolf in the beginning because <laughs> she, she likes her house clean. Yeah. And now there's a freaking wolf wandering around <laughs> slobbering on things. But then, like, the night that he alerts them to Marlena's fever yeah. when she's got a ridiculously high fever and they, you know, are able to save her she's just like that wolf can do whatever he wants mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't give a fuck that yep. wolf is fine yep. let him in he's got <laughs> i have no problems with the clearance. wolf anymore he saved marlena <laughs> so there's just a lot like they're very small scenes but they really show you the like strength to do what is necessary and also the like empathy and gentleness to fall in love and you know love those around you and and be empathetic to to those you know it's a very contrasted with the head guy in the camp who just has none of that right you know because if he really i mean he was so adamant 
that this son was his son, despite the fact it wasn't his son (laughs) biologically. And if he really was, then he would have just loved him the way that she loved Romy. Amelia, the mom, loved Romy as a son, even though he was a wolf that lived in their house, you know. (laughs) But this guy can't love his wife's offspring because he knows that he might be a wolf. It's just stuff like that. So there's the contrasting part. Yeah, instead of accepting that and asking for help and accepting the love for that, he turned it around and turned it into hate. Absolutely. And then destroyed him and and then he got eaten by wolves, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Can't do that. That's when the wolves get you. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so it was this, no, this book, the ending got really intense. I love when a story is able to produce so much more different types of relationships than just what's between the main characters. Obviously, we know my wolf and me. This is between Marlena and uh, Romy. She's got all of these beautiful budding relationships with all of these other characters because her and her dad, like you said, are real close too. And Oh, yeah. It's sad how he dies in the end. Oh, fuck me. That yeah. <laughs> you, the mom thing was hard, but shit. Uh, yeah. When... <laughs> That I I can't I that can't read I can't go over that one again. Oh, that one <laughs> that was, one will make me ball like a crazy. fucking baby. Before I started reading this book, I read some of the reviews and I was just like, oh man, this is YA. It seems like it's going to be a lot more dark and intense, and I could see why some people would say that because there were some macabre parts in this but book. I actually but... feel as if that's a key factor in YA. I have sure. yet to read a YA book oh, yeah? where the characters aren't either dying of some kind of disease sure. or lose all of their family members. <laughs> right. so, like, I, I mean, mean, I guess that's true. I didn't isn't ever think that of like, it, like all YA. Like cancer of some sort. They all have cancer then, yeah. or <laughs> they just lost their mom mm-hmm. or dad or somebody or, you know, a sibling or something. They're all dark. Or they're going to. Yeah. Yes, or somehow mm-hmm. in the book they do yeah but i am not gonna say i've read a lot it's not my favorite genre but what i have read is downright depressing so this book (laughs) (laughs) has that intense turn emotional turn just like every other ya book i've ever read yeah where it's like oh sorry did you think everyone was happy and everything's cool we gotta kill them all (laughs) is harry potter considered a ya yes that's like one of the darkest yeah that takes some (laughs) turns and he loses literally everyone in his life. Everybody. Everybody. But Ron and Hermione. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all. He loses fucking Howl. I, mean, I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He loses Edwig. Anyway, that's a different story. That's yeah. a different podcast. <laughs> different. Yeah, and there are plenty of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't need to get into that field. <laughs> oh, man. This grabs you by the heart at the end and tears it up. There, I mean, also, I mean, if we're going to spoil everything, we might as well spoil it all. Marlena yeah. dies. <laughs> kind of. Almost. She's dying. She is on her way to dead when he commands her to live. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, she's going to die. That was the scene where with the dad. And oh my, you're right. Well, Her life is bleeding away. Her neck has been chomped on. I was convinced she was good. I was like, oh, "Oh, fuck me. She's going to die. Me too. Because I was just like, well, it's already done all of this other shit to me. Like, my emotions are already tearing out of me. Why not end it like this? And I was like, how amazing. Like, it sucks. And I'm so glad. I'm so, so happy that it didn't end that way. But I would have been like, wow, that took a fucking turn. (laughs) And I never would have fucking expected that to end the way that it did she didn't she did not she's a beautiful white wolf now Mm -hmm. here's another part that i like truly appreciated because that towards the end while it was starting to end there the epilogue oh so good thank you so much for closing that for me because i would have died 
I was really worried. I was like that. Okay, so the epilogue is Jimmy and Trevor are putting up missing posters because when no one could, you know, eventually people went to the house and they found Amelia dead and Romy, Everett, and uh, Marlena missing. Mm -hmm. And no, like just a bunch of chaos and no one could really tell what had happened. Jimmy, who is known as uh, a tracker, the hound, couldn't find him. It snowed. He couldn't find tracks to figure out where they had mm-hmm. gone or who had taken them or anything like that. So they're putting up these missing persons flyers. No one's taking it seriously. Like police have moved on. No one really cares. Yeah. And they're just heartbroken because they don't know what's happened to Marlena. And they're like, we aren't going to get over this. This yeah. is not going to go well for us. And then all of a sudden they see Romy uh, standing at the edge of the forest. And then behind Romy comes Marlena. Yeah. And they just know. They they see her and they see the blue eyes and they know it's her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a wolf. And... <laughs> It's just the most fucking beautiful thing it's, it's, for them to be able – they're just like, thank you so much for showing yeah. us, for letting us know that she's alive. Mm-hmm. And I'm just – I really hope – I mean, I hope that in a future in this world, they get to go yeah. and, like, hang out with the wolves. They get to see her again. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I needed that conclusion. Yeah. And that was beautiful. It was well done. Oh and my now God, they can, so like, good. move on with their lives knowing that she's not dead or dying mm-hmm. or in a lab somewhere. And Yeah. Yeah. So good. That was exactly what I, I needed. I love when things get tied up. I know. It's very nice. Yeah. It's well done. It was well done. It was real it's good. It's a really good book. Very emotional. It's such a different book from anything we've read. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like the whole time I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is not like. <laughs> yeah. But it's still, it's good. Still yeah. romance. It's yeah. beautiful romantic yeah, story. A beautiful romantic story. So uh, let's do our kiss and tell. Okay. So obviously, you would think that hiding a wolf who turns into a boy at night or human boy at night would be, you know, kind of hard to hide from your parents, <laughs> right? Like, that's a pretty that's a pretty big thing. I check on my boys pretty often. They're five. So obviously, I'm not going to check on them when they're 18. You're going to check, yeah. No. You know, I mean, I might. I won't <laughs> let them have fucking locks on their doors. I'll tell you that. If well, you're no. anything like your father. <laughs> So uh, that's a pretty intense, big, big secret that Marlena was able to keep away from her parents. So our kiss and tell for this episode is what is our biggest secret that we've ever kept from our parents, from our friends, from our teachers, from whatever. Yeah. So we that. So, yep, Marlena is manages to hide a wolf in her bed. Well, they know about the wolf. She they manages to wolf. hide a teenage boy in her bed. Transforming into a boy. <laughs> For like who sleeps with her naked like yeah you know well i mean he he, he is given like old clothes of everett's but yeah but yeah she she sneaks that one past him for kind of a while pretty and it's slick. like wow right. all pretty right slick. so this will be now my mom will know this because she listens to the podcast <laughs> but Hi, i mom. never told them and i no my guess is that they knew. I don't think I was nearly as slick as everyone. <laughs> you, you know, you really think you're smooth in high school. Oh, yeah. But you're not, is the truth. I think they just <laughs> decided it was easier to not address the issue. But I was a smoker for a long time. Ah. I smoked for maybe eight years I don't or know. so. I don't know when you started. High school. Was it high school? Mm-hmm. You kept that from me, too, then. No. You, you didn't really smoke until... No, I smoked when Did I... Did you smoke in Denny's? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I smoked I smoked when I came back from Finland. Like, I was smoking in Finland. I'd started smoking 
a little bit beforehand, but... Okay. I, uh, Maybe it was the beforehand. But it was a lot easier to smoke in Finland. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. no one's around and I, you know, mm-hmm. didn't have parents. <laughs> and then I brought you back cigarettes. And That's stuff, what right? I asked for. Yes, I did. I brought you French mm-hmm. galus. And you're like, oh, I didn't know how she smoked. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I was a smoker and I thought I was real smooth and I'm sure they never knew, but I doubt that. <laughs> like, like looking back, you're like, everyone knows smokers. It's so You hard. smell like smoke. Yes. You're yes. not smooth. No. But no. sorry, mom. I was a secret smoker for like eight years and then I stopped and now I don't smoke. So it's yeah. okay. Cold turkey, dude. Cold turkey. Yeah. One day just turned it mm-hmm. off and was like, bye, bitches. Yep. Good for you. Yes. Good for you. <laughs> that was my big secret, though. And it was so weird because growing up, I was not a sharer. And Alex just told my parents like everything. He was like, yeah, I smoke pot and I do all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And they always knew. And like, I was just like, how do you tell them shit? <laughs> I don't tell them anything. It's crazy. No, got to keep secrets. That's so funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. You know what? That's funny. I think I share that same secret with you. I do have another one. But um, I smoked in high school also. Mm-hmm. And I think probably about the same time. It wasn't until after you got those cigarettes for me. Oh, um, so it's my fault. It is not your fault. <laughs> I see how this is. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. I was just real interested in um, the pictures that they put on cigarette cartons oh, in, in different look, countries yeah. that they don't do here. Yeah. Um, and I think you brought me one of those. So I was, I don't know, interested in it. Uh, yeah, I actually stopped. I, the last time I had a cigarette was July, like, what, 7th, 6th? Happy birthday, Emily. Um, <laughs> and I haven't smoked since then. And before it was really just oh, yeah. occasional, sporadic. you know, sporadic. There were times where I would go buy a pack and stuff like if mm-hmm. I felt like I was being stressed or something. If my mom caught me, she would lose her shit and she's caught me twice and I told her I I tell I would tell my mom everything. I would tell her if I had a car accident, which I have. Mm-hmm. Um I would tell her if I stole something, which I've done. Mm-hmm. And I would tell her all that. I would never ever ever confess to her <laughs> that I smoked. So I'm with you on that. But I haven't touched it since. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had the desire to. Good. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I'll have one tonight just to mm-hmm. hang out or whatever. And I don't. I just don't get up and do that. No. But I guess my other juicier one was uh, I know, when I was. <laughs> Sorry. When I was ooh, 16 or 17 and I started dating this guy who was older than me. Not much older. Two years older. And this was before Julian. Mm-hmm. He would drive all the way down from Boulder and spend the night with me. We weren't having sex yet. Mm-hmm. We were just dry humping, making out all the time. And just mm-hmm. he would sneak in my window and then he would leave before the morning came. Mm-hmm. So I would shut my door, lock my door. So it was me and Dookie, <laughs> my cat Dookie. And we hung out with him and he would stay the night and he would sleep in my room when we would cuddle. We would do what Marlena yeah. and you were exactly <laughs> Sebastian this. did, only he turned into a wolf. And then, but my boyfriend at the time would just leave the house and he'd sneak in and out of the window. And I, my sisters did it and I did it, but I, we only did it a couple of times before it was out and he would just stay the night. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. Yeah. yeah. That, I never did that. Yeah. Never had a boy sneak into your room? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Never. You were also on the second floor. Yeah. They would die. So. <laughs> getting to the second story of our house yeah and it wouldn't be very sneaky no we lived in a ranch yeah and it was just pretty easy yeah that just would never no i I was too goody goody yeah for that kind of shenanigans yeah sneaking people i never snuck out of the house either i never snuck out of the house i don't think there was yeah i didn't do that either i snuck him just him Mm -hmm. on like a few occasions 
into the house. That was it. Mm-hmm. I never snuck anybody no. else in. The first time I brought Dan home to meet the parents, or at least just to come to my house, my dad said, who is he and when's he going home? <laughs> the only time he'd ever questioned any guy I brought home. Because I brought home, I was friends with a lot of boys. Uh-huh. So my parents were just like, whatever, she's just bringing home. And I did. I brought home boys, but I didn't bring them home mm-hmm. to have sex with them. Mm-hmm. They were my friends. Mm-hmm. And they sometimes would sleep over. But it was Dan. That it was dad Dan. was just like, oh, no, yeah. I'm That sorry. was when my dad discovered I was a girl. <laughs> and that things happen with girls and boys. And look, <laughs> 17 years later. <laughs> well, he thinks <laughs> it was good that he chose to ignore all the previous yeah, ones because they were unimportant. They've moved on. <laughs> Very he, he decided to pay attention to the one that stuck. <laughs> to the right one. <laughs> he was like, oh, okay. This is the one I really should question. <laughs> good job, Dad. <laughs> all right. So, great. That was a, yeah, that was a good one. All right. <laughs> Uh, do you want to do our fun fuck fact? Read that to us. Right. It's on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. I'll do that. See again. if I can find it. I got it. Okay. So because of this book and all the teenagers and the sex in it, and we don't usually have teenagers, um, we thought we'd do a, what is the average age to lose your virginity? And it seems that, uh, this is a, just, I just Googled some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and from Teen Vogue. Um, it says that for American men, the average age of virginity is, or of loss of virginity. Again, all of these are words and, and phrasing that I don't appreciate, <laughs> but I'm going to use instead. The first time American men tend to have sex average is 16.9 years old. It's about 17. And uh, for American women, that's 17.2. So very similar late teens is when most Americans uh, have sex for the first time. These are very normal teenagers in this book. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. Very they're, normal. Very normal. They're right in the national average is what I'd say. Nice. So, um, good. <laughs> yes. That, thank you. And that is and that. 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 <laughs> so, uh, let's do rating. What, right. uh, what are you, what's uh, what's uh, going on? What's uh, uh, our rating? Oh, God. <laughs> This book made me cry so much. It made me cry on this episode. I haven't cried on this episode yet. That's going to be really hard for me to edit. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you guys had to hear, hear no, that. No, I think it's important to be true to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we can't rate this one on a hot and steamy scale. No, that wouldn't be right. No. I'd feel dirty doing that. Yeah. I don't like it. I think we could make up our own for it, obviously. I think just like writing and everything was amazing. It's a freaking 10. This book is really well written and it's it's a good book. I recommend it. I think people, if you like this genre and you now that we've told you everything about it and you haven't read it yet, then, <laughs> you know, if you think you would enjoy it, you probably will. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you want to feel all the feels that we just felt. I like, I really did like it. I think it's a good book. I don't want to read another one like this very soon. It's too much. It's <laughs> <laughs> not what I want. It was, it was hard. I think one of the hardest things is that it would, I mean, like these are emotions that young people are going through who are still developing. Yeah. There their, are a couple, I mean, you, know, you, you took a lot of you said earlier that like what Sebastian had was just so innocent and mm-hmm. yes it was I had moments of irritation by some of that because I was like let's you know I was a little annoyed <laughs> I was like come on guy let's pick this let's, up let's pick it up, <laughs> pick it up. yeah but, I agree I think I would give this a 10 as well obviously there's this 
when you think about losing your virginity at a young age, you don't want to think about sexually explicit scenes. But I think the scene before that was one of my favorites when Jimmy and Hound or Jimmy and uh, T were <laughs> trying to explain this that whole so situation funny. to them. That was so funny. Yeah, I think there are some really um, important and beautiful messages in here. Great relationship building. I mean, we literally, these characters literally grew in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. So you get to fall in love with the characters that way, too. So Yeah, and that's yeah. well done. So it's yeah. a good book. Everyone mm-hmm. should read it. Kind of. Everyone who wants to read it should read it. <laughs> no. Listen to us and read it. All right. So for our next book, uh, we are going to be reading. So we're reading Waking the Watcher <laughs> by Kim Lorraine. And this is, we finally get to go back to an audiobook. We're really stoked for because things are hard to read. Oh, so words are hard. Um, so this is actually has two narrators. It's narrated by Will M. Watt and Susan Fausch. Taking a stab at that I, name. I Sorry, I will figure it out later. <laughs> but However yes. you say it to us is how we'll say it next I time. will try to remember that. <laughs> yes, so Kim Kim Lorraine, Waking the Watcher. It's the Fallen Angel trilogy. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Join us for that. And um, in the meantime, please reach out on all of our social media. We'd love to hear from you. You know, tell us your thoughts about anything. Um, anything really, even things that don't matter to, or like don't relate to the podcast. We'll listen, we'll comment, <laughs> we'll respond. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, social media, we are shh, dirty books. That's shh with three H's. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and um, gmail.com for that. And you can visit us on our website at dirtybooks.com and find us on any free podcast platform, SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Which is Google like Play, which is the same thing. <laughs> I like to say those. I know. I don't know why. They they got <laughs> iTunes into our brain they, they and then do. they changed it. They and you're like, wait, it on you. you can't change things <laughs> that was ingrained in society. Okay. Um, this has been a long anyway, recording. Um, thank and it's you. emotional and I have a headache now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Emotions give me headaches. All right. So um, thank you, Jim Towson, for the music yes. um, that we have playing for us here. And this is Sayla. And this is Kalina. And we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you've been listening to Shh, Reading Dirty Books with Kalina and Saylet. Be sure to tune into the next episode. Some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.